Welcome to Pursuing Perfectcellence, the weekly, bi-weekly, or frankly, whenever I can get around to it, glimpse into my type A-tastic journey away from the paralyzing pursuit of perfection and toward the empowering expectation of excellence. I'm your host, Hannah Holmes. Now, buckle up. I'm not exactly sure where this car is headed, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a fun ride. Welcome back, friends. This week, I have a particularly special guest with me. She's well known by many around here as the owner of Life of Pi, but more importantly, she's my BFFC. I just made that up. It stands for Best Friend from Childhood. Leslie Johnson, as I fondly remember her, moved to Abilene in the middle of second grade, took up residence in the seat next to me, and little did we know, she was also taking up residence in my heart for the rest of our lives. We're about to take you on a journey down memory lane. Don't worry, it won't be one of those journeys that outside listeners can't jump in on, but it will be one that covers some tough topics, including really bad life decisions, our battles with eating disorders, divorce, self-sabotage, but most importantly, redemption and discovery of our purpose and destiny. This interview runs a little longer than most, so I want to get right to it. If you need to listen to it for a while and then come back to it for more, do that, but do come back. And stay tuned later this week when I post a fun little lighthearted five-minute bonus episode where Leslie will give us a laughable sneak peek at what goes on behind the scenes when starting up a pie shop. But for now, take a deep breath and get ready to be inspired. You're going to love this conversation. Here's Leslie Bivens. So welcome, Leslie, my childhood bestie. I'm so <laughs> glad that you're here. Thanks for agreeing to come on today. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is, it's crazy that we live in the same town and this is the first time that we've actually sat down together in, I don't know, 20 years. It's weird. (laughs) It's really despicable, honestly. Like I know we run into each other and we've run into each other at like concerts and Mm -hmm. lots of different things. And I always, I always tell people like, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. You know, like that's my childhood best friend, you know? And so, um, yeah, that, I don't know what happened. I mean, I think that we just, we grew up, we were, I told my kids, I was like, we, you know, this was my best friend. And then we grew up and we went all the way through. I think we remained very tight all the way through college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we, kind of our paths just kind of diverged for a little while. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? Diverged. And then I really love though now, I I was kind of telling you about this, that it's been really neat. I've been paying attention. And when when you start getting into personal growth and development, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden your radar is alert to others who are really invested in personal growth and development definitely yeah and so my my feelers have gone off lately and I'm like oh Leslie we got to connect and we're in the same town of Mm -hmm. course we need to be connected we should have connected but we're I feel like I don't have any regrets just for the fact that I'm like oh the season is ripe Mm -hmm. for us to be reconnecting and saying like and and learning from each other and spurring mm-hmm. one another on and you got to have the iron sharpens iron in your life. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And there's times, you know, I mean, God put us together in second grade. We had no idea. You know, I sit down next to you in my 
funky sweatpants my mom made me wear to school. And you're like, hi, I'm Hannah and I'm going to be your friend. And that was it. And, and God had that plan for us. We went our separate ways. We've become these incredible women with amazing families. I mean, I've watched your kids grow up on Facebook. Uh -huh. I have my issues with social media sometimes, but I got to see mm -hmm. you be a mom. I got to see oh. your life develop. I got to see you be this loving wife. And God knew it was time for us to come together. So when he knew you needed something, I posted it on social media. Uh -huh. we, you would put this beautiful gem on there and it was... I just needed to see that at that moment. So he wove us back together. I it's love just, it. It's just incredible. God's so. pretty spectacular like oh that. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. It yeah. all has purpose. It you does. Know? It does. I think that when you're in the thick of it and you're right in the middle of, especially like, let's just talk about that for a minute. Just relationships mm -hmm. and them either dissolving or kind of moving apart. There's a yeah. part of you by nature or a part of me by nature. I don't know if you're like this or not, but like mm -hmm. that kind of starts to question yourself. Like, is there something that I've done wrong? Or is there sure. something that like, why is that not clicking right now? And the truth is we're all just on our own journey. Right. And we, and now that I have kids, it's, it's something that's really neat to see is that mm -hmm. my kids have this really, fierce loyalty to their friend groups mm -hmm. and so we've had to explain to them like it you know it's kind of like there you got to think of it like a target like a dartboard almost and there's this center circle mm -hmm. and that center circle is only big enough to fit a certain number of people for us in high school is like you me and Becky sure. we sat together at, mm -hmm. at lunch and we were yeah. in the same extracurriculars and all that but oh, yeah. um but there's these other outer rings mm -hmm. and people fit into the outer rings and the further sure. out you go, the less necessarily close they are or the less voice they have in your life and vice mm -hmm. versa. Yeah. And throughout your life, people based on what your interests are and where you're at mm -hmm. in your journey and when you're young, honestly, extracurriculars that you're participating in, people move in and out of sure. that circle. Definitely. And it's fluid, and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people can be in your inner circle, but then you're not necessarily considered a part of their inner circle. Right, And exactly. so um, just learning that that's okay. And it's like mm -hmm. getting into the 40s and finally going yeah. like, it's okay. This is all a part of the right. plan. <laughs> You know, it's all a part of the plan. So now, here we are. We're grown-ups. We're like real-life grown-ups now. We are. It's very strange. I still <laughs> I still think about ski trips to Colorado. It's the best. And Disney World. And, you know... It doesn't it feel like that long ago no. on some levels. It's like, no. how has that much time passed? When we were growing up, we were both very academic, mm -hmm. very yeah. focused, involved in all the things. Oh yeah. Did all the things, made sure that our we were plugged in, to achiever. Everything. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like you're a perfectionist? Oh, so much. You know, it, it it's funny. Um Miss Snow, Patricia Snow comes mm -hmm. into the pie shop all the time to to get some quiche and some chocolate buttermilk. That's her favorite. And I was her bowhead. I mean, that was her funny nickname for me. I totally and, forgot about yeah. that, but you're right. So in my mind, that was the perfectionist. The bowhead, the extra credit was done. I, I was always overdoing in all of those things. Uh -huh. And it almost feels, you know, going into college, 
I didn't know what college was. I was like, oh, I have to do that? I thought, well, what am I going to do there? Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone in my family had been teachers or English majors. And I thought, well, that just makes sense. But little did I know, as I look back now, business was always my thing. An entrepreneur was always my thing. We had our own store. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, my friend Jamie House, um, she had this little garage thing. And we would go to Sam's. And we would buy candy and cookies and chips, and we would sell them to the neighbor kids. Uh-huh. And we would put on plays, and we would sell tickets. In fact, Chris Carroll, one of my dear friends now, you know, he, he lived right next to We would put him and his sister in plays and charge people. I, I had my own New Kids on the Block fan club, mm-hmm. you know, and a charge. I remember, my- <laughs> and I remember even in high school doing like a murder mystery thing at your house yes you remember that yes. i just so remember cj that. jackson was yes. there and, and yeah. hospitality right there you know throwing a party making sure it was it was a murder mystery at a pizza parlor yeah and we had the red and white table you did and pizza and and that i never grasped onto that that was my thing party planning hospitality i mean the pie shop that we own now is all about hospitality and, and we're going to get into this that you are the owner of life of pie when i saw that you're doing that there mm-hmm. definitely there was this part of me that was like of course mm-hmm. this is what you're made for like i remember when we were younger you would bake for all of us mm-hmm. and there was this part of me that was like what is she trying to do make us all fat because she's not eating any of the crap that she's feeding us like how is she doing this is she showing off about her self-control <laughs> So. I was letting y'all eat the first batch to make sure it was okay. No, right. <laughs> so let's talk about that for a minute because I sure. want to turn the corner and it's a little more serious, okay. right? Yeah. But like when we talk about that, you and I both, and not not a lot of people know this about me, mm-hmm. um, and probably not about you, that we both went through a pretty significant eating disorder. Each oh, yeah. of us, here we had grown up together. Yeah. And I can't even remember how old, maybe a freshman year in in college, like everything Mm -hmm. went wonky for me and I was trying to grasp control over things. I didn't realize I had all this internal baggage that I'd never Mm -hmm. dealt with. And so for me, I had this, I was clinging to control and how can I control something in my life? Well, for me now it's like, making sure my house is clean, making sure that it's a very kind of (laughs) addictive kind of thing, but it's really that, that clinging on to certainty Mm -hmm. or control. And I remember you coming back from college and being like, Hannah, you cannot be doing this. This is Mm -hmm. not okay. Like, and you were so concerned. And then you went off to college for a semester and you came back at spring break or something. And I was like, Holy smoke, she's 80 pounds. She just told me that I yeah. can't be doing this, and now she's doing it better than I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't yeah. it sad that I looked at it that way? Like, mm-hmm. she's doing this better than I was. Oh, yeah. I, I remember comparing notes, you know, mm-hmm. and well, how are you? Well, how many calories did you have today? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it helps when you have three roommates in college that are a year older. They're all 5'2 and 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. When I went back my freshman year, second semester I was 193 the Mm. day that I walked through the dorm room Mm -hmm. when I came home I was 123 I remember that there was just this four and a half months wow and then it became control you know and and I look back at now it's like when we were in you know elementary school when we were in middle school when we were in high school no matter what we did 
we always had a place. We always mm-hmm. had a group. We, we always we knew what home felt like. When we belonged. We belonged. Mm-hmm. And that was almost something that made us feel comfortable mm-hmm. because we knew it was going to be there. That that rush of eating and or the rush of not eating, mm-hmm. the getting on the scale. What did we have to achieve? Neither one of us had to. I didn't study much in college. I hate to say that now, mm-hmm. you know, with two degrees, but you know, it it was a, it was accomplishment. You know, mm-hmm. I got down to ninety seven pounds when I went to the hospital. Yeah, and, and that, that was, was such a scary time. That was that was pretty crazy you know and and uh, that was a god moment you know i remember seeing myself in the mirror um we can go as deep as we want here i can share who knows who, who needs to hear this you know i was listening to your last podcast and the the gentleman said you know are you talking to 20 people or are you talking to 2 million right. so if somebody out there is dealing you know with this issue i uh we became good uh, i know i became a good binger right <laughs> so uh Me so that too. that yeah. day that you know, I, I had eaten an apple and decided to um, use a seven and a half inch minute toothbrush. I remember to the throw toothbrush. Up and, and actually swallowed it and had to have surgery. So, yeah. you know, I look back at that and as embarrassing as it was and as painful as it was and scary, God was building me because he knew at this point that I was going to be able to share that story with someone. I could maybe save someone, whether it's swallowing a toothbrush or, or cutting themselves or drinking too much or Mm-hmm. gambling too much you know they they can see that a low point can become a positive point yeah so so was that genuinely because I was always concerned for you as your friend because we were you know we were both going through something similar at the same time mm-hmm. but we still weren't being completely honest with one oh, another gosh, yeah. because we both cared enough about each other. When you care enough about somebody, sometimes it's like, well, I can hurt myself, but I don't want you hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. I remember being, I mean, I know that Eileen and I were both just beside ourselves and Eileen in particular was really worried because she mm-hmm. just saw that you were on the cancer floor, I think, is mm-hmm. it where they put yeah. you for yeah. some reason. And so all of a sudden, if I remember correctly, sometimes our memory doesn't serve us right, but I'm almost <laughs> positive Eileen was like, oh my gosh, I just saw that she was on the cancer floor, or maybe the heart floor or something. something and, and, yeah, was like, and was like, what? And she didn't know what had happened yet. Yeah. And so then, because she was doing clinicals for her mm-hmm. nursing. And so, yeah. so then coming back together and being like, you know, we're like trying to come up with this plan of how are we going to convince her? But really, there's no convincing you. No. There's no convincing somebody who's in the middle of no. of an addiction or an eating disorder. And for me, the turning point for me that just for some reason, and I don't know if it would click with anybody else on the planet, but for me, the thing that clicked with me was when I sat down in counseling with both of my parents and me and we sat in this therapy session and my therapist just used the words, well, you know, you don't ever have to do that again if you Mm -hmm. don't want to. True. She said, I mean, you can Mm -hmm. if you want. And I'm telling you, there was some kind of anointing behind the way that she said that because Mm -hmm. it broke off that control that I had, it spoke to my control because she wasn't telling me, stop, don't do this. Yeah. Like a parent or a friend Mm -hmm. or a lover would say like, don't do this anymore. You need to stop. But for me, it was having somebody tell me, you know, you don't have to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. You get to make the choice. Yeah. And suddenly I was like, well, that's where my control is. Mm -hmm. I get to control whether or not I make this choice anymore. 100%. 
Yeah. 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 So what about for you? After that point in the hospital, was that really a point of... Because I feel like you had steeper consequences. You had to go in and have emergency surgery Mm -hmm. for the choices. (laughs) You know, and and what a scary time. Right. And so... Was that a turning point for you, or was there? It was still an uphill battle. Oh wasn't my goodness! It? I think I was. We were what twenty at that time, nineteen twenty. Yeah, we were. And pretty I young. think I continuously battled till thirty nine. Oh yeah, you know, I had my spurts. I had my times where, you know, I would be awesome for like, you know, like an alcoholic. I'm great and sober for six months, and then you know, and then something would click. I would just, you know, I have to have that chicken fried steak, or I have, you know, and and then you get into. Like you said, it's a habit. It, it, oh, I can control that. Something mm-hmm. else in my life was out of control. Mm-hmm. Now, since I've met my husband, and there's a lot of God in that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've known him since I was 19 years old. Aaron, yeah. who we've known, Aaron Nichols, since uh-huh. we were young, young kids, he introduced me to oh, Corey. Yeah. You know, and then we went our, kind of like us, we went our separate ways, and then God led us back to each other Mm -hmm. and it was a if you continue doing this you're gonna miss this blessing that I put of of your husband the same with drinking the same with all these negative things that I was doing and really the the one thing they always say is you know to listen to God let him speak to you when Corey and I first started dating God's voice to Corey was so loud you could almost like see words in the air you know I mean you just see things happening and I was so jealous of that Uh uh-huh and I was like well why isn't he talking to me louder oh comparison there's that comparison though exactly Mm -hmm. and when the eating disorder took bay and when the drinking stopped Mm -hmm. and when the perfectionism because Corey's a little more laid back than me okay you know, the, the waste paper basket doesn't have to be emptied every day. It can go two days. It's just, you know. All of a sudden, God's voice got so loud. Really? And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, and, and it was like I stopped putting all these things in front of where I was supposed to be going. Instead of being shown, I was trying to fill voids. I was trying to gain control. When yeah. God was going to give me all those things. And God was going to show me and light all those things. Even though we have choice. Yeah. He still was letting me get out of my own way. You know, I interviewed Danny Cobbin the other day. Mm-hmm. That's an interview you referenced a minute ago. And that's one of the things he said was that we try and try and try to control things and control things. But when we yeah. just stop mm-hmm. and say, like, I can't, yeah. then it's amazing what happens. That oh, God yeah. just... so. Let's fast forward. I feel okay. like there's a lot in the middle that I that so, so want to hear. And, <laughs> and we may circle back around to it. But you mentioned just now when, you know, when the eating disorder stopped. Mm-hmm. and Or when you stopped giving into it. When yeah. you stopped drinking. So we were having a conversation before <laughs> we even started recording. Yeah. And you said that you and your husband were in Vegas, yeah. no yeah. less. Yeah. And just said, it's time for us to stop drinking. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. And crazy, we weren't even husband and wife at that point. We'd been dating less than three months. But I'd known him, like I said, for 20 years. You had. His grandmother was, was one of my vet clinic clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so God was always putting these little things in, you know. And, you know, to be in Las Vegas and we still had three more days and to not touch alcohol again, you know, it, it was just, it was time. You what know, that, happened? We just decided we're done. 
you nothing know? happened, nothing negative. Nothing it was just negative, like, nothing. Let's just enjoy this. Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because the people around us, you know, who were they drinking because we were, or was it just the thing to do? I mean, our friends, our family, you know, we have tea, we have coffee now, we have, you know, yeah. I mean, instead of making that the focal point, we make being present the focal point. That's what I was about to say. What yeah. I love a whole lot about that is that how much more life mm-hmm. do you experience and are you present for yeah. when you take that piece out? Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying alcohol is evil. I love sure, no. a glass of wine. Of course. But I can guarantee you almost 100% of the time, it's either because it's just a part of the connection that I have with somebody and a mm-hmm. habit. Like we yeah. get together to have a drink yeah. or it's to ease up any discomfort I might have, mm-hmm. whether it's discomfort for I'm meeting up with my best friend from childhood and I'm going to be doing a podcast interview. And am I going to know how to ask the right questions? So <laughs> I will, I'll loosen up. Sure. Yeah. Um, or I've had a really long day and I feel Mm -hmm. like I just want to wind down or, you know, and so for me, it's really just like one glass Mm -hmm. that not more than a glass if I have more than a glass, but still that is something, or when I meet with my friends, sometimes I'll have a couple of drinks and Mm -hmm. it's, there's a difference. You get to a certain point and it's really to numb you for me to numb me or to, ease any anxiety or tension I feel but I'm not as present mm-hmm. and I don't have the presence of mind but it's to experience perfectionist thing because you don't want to you want to be funny you want to be outgoing you want to yeah. be enthusiastic you want them to say yay Hannah's here so that lets you think you're being a different person that's so being good. that person you know I did yeah. that for years and years I thought I was so cool uh-huh, you know uh-huh. and and I just wasn't. I, I started alienating people from my life. And, oh. I, you know, went through some really bad things. I, I remember the fall after we stopped drinking. So this was 2014. Uh-huh. Um, I was driving down Southwest Drive, like heading towards, you know, Wally World. And I looked up in the trees and I saw the fall colors for the first time. And I couldn't remember the last time I'd done that oh. because I'd been so clouded. Yeah. And to see that beauty and that brightness, I was like, Wow, I've been missing out on so, so much. So now you're not only hearing God's voice, but you're seeing God's creation. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it could be, I mean, it could be anything. It could be, you know, a food addiction. It could be, you know, uh, gambling or, or anything that's clouding you, that that's what you're obsessed about and thinking about. I mean, I would I would think about alcohol. If you think about that first beer, you know, as soon as I got to work in the mornings, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now I think about how to serve God, how I can serve my community through our pie shop, how I can take care of my husband, how I can maybe drop a golden nugget to someone through, uh, you know, a simple post on Facebook Mm -hmm. where before it was all about me. Now it's about what can I do for you so so that that blessing feels better than how can I take care of myself? You're coming from contribution Mm -hmm. and and you are, have you always been growth-minded? Is that something that's been new kind of along this journey? It has, it has come, you know, being at, working at WGU um, as a mentor and, you know, reading different books and going to different seminars. I didn't really know that verbiage. What was a growth mindset? What, mm-hmm. what was mindset at all? You know, I was, I kind of, I always thought I lived outside of this box because I'd done so many things and been in so many places, but I really was in my own box. 
And so now, you know, all the reading and I see all your books, you have to make effort to grow. And when you're stuck in, in an addiction or when you're stuck in depression, you don't want to put that energy into it because you're already having so much taken away from you. Mm -hmm. So now that, that I know that growing or being spiritual or being giving or, I mean, going to events around town, you know, we just went to a, a, a farm to table dinner. I have so much social anxiety because I pre-think what the conversation is going to be. I'm not going to lie. I have had this podcast. I've questioned myself like 40 times. Uh -huh. How I'm going to answer what you may ask. You know, because that's the perfectionism. Yeah. And, and you yeah. asked me like, how do I prepare for this? And uh -huh. I was like, you know what? I just want you to show yeah. up. Like yeah. I told you I'd send you some questions. <laughs> but then I was like, nope, we're going to do this. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be off the cuff it, because it does. I don't want it to sound mm -hmm. prepped. Exactly. And know? it's so much better that way. Yeah. And that's, I have to still grow in that way of getting out of my own way. Of why don't you listen to what the person is asking, whether it's a customer or another business owner or someone who, you know, what instead of already putting the words in their mouth. And that's that's been hard for me yeah. because I want to control. <laughs> Where does that come from, Leslie? Do you think that you were born that way or do you think that there are things that shape us early on? Yeah, you know, I really... My parents are both pretty laid back, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they're both hard workers and they're both very meticulous and they have a, a tinge of perfectionism, mm -hmm. but yet not to the extreme. It's almost like their two personalities put together and in raising me, of course, I was an only child, um, only grandchild on one side still, uh -huh. only niece still, uh -huh. um, but but having, you know, when I did good things, um, it, it grew it, it fueled it a little bit. Uh -huh. Um, so I, I don't think that I was born to have that control and perfectionism, but I think that I learned it by, you know, you give a dog a cookie when they do a trick and you mm. want to, you know, they do the trick all the time because they want more cookies. Oh, so so, so it's you almost found like that you were getting rewarded for... Yeah. The things that you were doing perfectly or exactly. correctly. Are you yeah. still a perfectionist? Oh my goodness. I have now my husband's gonna listen to this and he's gonna say, uh-huh. He's sure. gonna laugh out loud at the no. question, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really have um I've eased up a lot. Um I our current decor in our home is called functional, not forever. So yeah. I yeah. like that. <laughs> And that could go with a lot of other things. I know. You know? I'm going to write that functional, not no. forever. Yeah. Let's write that down. Yeah. yeah. So our garage, we just got a new bed. Um, so it's crazy. There's stuff everywhere. We're always getting boxes for the pie shop. So it's just, but it's not forever. It's for right now. And, you know, in the business that we're in, it's hit or miss. Most of the times it's hit, which is wonderful. We're so, yes. so blessed by the community. But do I need these small bags and the stuff for kids bake Saturday and, and these, you know, whatever it is, you know, or, okay, we got to hurry up and do this. So it's just everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be forever. It's not hurting anything. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, we're, we're not physically harmed by it. We can, there's still a path out in case there's got fire. You. You I know. got you. So I, I've real, uh, those things I've kind of learn to like learned. relax yeah about. you know and, yeah. and right now i'm training a, an amazing new employee at the pie shop which we already have an amazing employee but we're we've grown to where we have two now um and i 
I'm letting her make some of my pies, you know, and those are my babies. <gasps> oh, and those are, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I, there's times that I'm a perfectionist. Like I, if we go out on, I guess it'd be a Sunday cause we don't have Saturdays anymore. I have to vacuum the carpet and empty the wastebasket <laughs> just because that's what my mom always did. Yeah. You know, but today when I get home, there's stuff in the waste paper basket. Where yeah. Old me, you know, six, 10, 15 years ago, it would have been emptied yeah. or else I would have thought about it and festered on it all day long. Yeah. So I've, I've definitely learned what's important and what needs to be perfect. Yeah. And then what just can be functional. <laughs> okay. That's so good. I'm loving this conversation. So let's talk about life of pie. Okay. Awesome. Tell me about how that vision came to pass. I know you got a degree in business. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. you ended up ultimately coming. You were, you were at McMurray when I was there. Yeah. Uh, you had kind of gone and you'd done educate, you'd studied education. I did. Yeah. And then you kind of were like, eh, this isn't really making my heart leap. Oh no. <laughs> and good for you for figuring it out when you did. Sure. Right. You know, I had always thought that that was supposed to be my path because that's, I, I never knew, you know, I mean, looking back now, like I said, but you're living um, somebody else's script. That's what Ed Milet calls it. Yes. Right. Don't you love, out, that? love that? Yes, I, love I know. It. I yes. knew you loved him. Yes. And so I, that's like, that was probably the first thing that I ever saw you post. I was like, oh, yeah. we have to get together because yes. I tell my poor friends are like, I guarantee you my friends are like, could you stop asking us to watch? But then when they watch uh -huh. him or listen yeah. to him, they're like, oh, I can see why you recommended this. But yes. I just talk about him all the time. And so I was like, oh, I don't have to convince yeah. her. And so, um, so anyways, that's what he talks about is that you are, are you being a minor player or a minor role in a mm -hmm. script someone else has written yeah. or are you going to write yourself in as the main role in your own script? And mm -hmm. so it sounds like you were living that minor role in a script somewhere, whether they had really intentionally written it for you yeah. or whether you perceived that that's where you were written was to become an educator because that's all yeah. you knew, right? Yeah. So, so what happened? Which is funny because I came back around to um, Love McMurray, just had some life, got into some things when I was in second grade. I always wanted to be a veterinarian, so I ended up working right. at vet clinics for 12 years as an office manager. Got that and kind you of love animals, and that seemed <sighs> right. Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't imagine being a vet every day. Yeah, I love my vets that we go to. But how boring. That's the same thing every day, you know? But how good, and people need to listen to this, you went and worked in that mm -hmm. field yeah. in some capacity, shadowed whatever, mm -hmm. to figure out this is not the path for me. Yeah. I think so many of us think we have to know and we have to have it figured out. Mm -hmm. exactly. And there is so much value to shadowing and going like, you know what, this looks like a whole lot. Teachers, yeah. people who want to become teachers, if they'd spend some time <laughs> yes. interning with a teacher, a lot of them may figure out like, oh, I thought I wanted to be mm -hmm. a teacher. That may not be the path for me. Yeah, I am a terrible teacher. I'm a great doer. Okay, got you. And, you know, with with the animals, I mean, I love animals. At some point, I want some sort of a nonprofit with animals. I don't know where I'm taking that. My mind goes 24-7. That's why I listen to a lot of Ed Milet yeah. or Lewis Howes or, uh -huh, yeah. you know, Rachel Hollis, whoever it is. It. You yeah. know, and, um, and so, you know, I got there. I went into real estate for a little bit. I worked at a law firm for a couple months, and I was like, this is terrible. Uh -huh. And then I got uh, into higher education. I finished my MBA, and I thought, wow, I could work from home, be a mentor, you know, still be in, in education, kind of wrap back around. 
and it was wonderful and it was great and I would still be doing it if, if the pie shop wasn't go, going crazy, going gangbusters. Yeah. Which we, I'm in this community and, you know, I say this community, but we have people come in from Amarillo, New Mexico, mm -hmm. Oklahoma, because they've seen us or they've had mm -hmm. someone take their pie. You know, as I look back retrospectively, I was always in business. My dad's an entrepreneur. My yeah. mom is an entrepreneur. You know, they always had those things. So it was instilled in me, but I never saw it because my perception was, you know, people go to college and then they do all these things, but hey, sometimes you got to break that mold. This is know? the path I'm supposed to take. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. the route we're supposed to go. My daughter yeah. is has a strong entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. and there is a part of me that would, if I hadn't been kind of studying, learning more about the way that we tick from the time mm -hmm. we're younger and how that kind of gets stripped away from us at some point by yeah. messages that we receive, whether they're intended or not, mm -hmm. that we internalize and then we come back around. I've just heard so many entrepreneurs who will say, when I was a kid, this is exactly who I was. Mm -hmm. Somehow or another, I yeah. got away from that. And that's been a theme that I did not expect to emerge from interviewing people for this mm -hmm. podcast so far is that there's yeah. this piece of you that you can look back on and go like, oh, that's how I was originally designed. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm more attuned to it and I'm grateful that I'm more attuned to it. But like mm -hmm. Lexi has these little paintings she wants to do and she, she, so she does them and she does these little initials for people and mm -hmm. they're by all means, somebody could easily be like, oh, isn't that cute? But she's mm -hmm. like, nope, I'm selling these and I'm selling them for $15 a piece or, yes. or, or for $10 each. And if they want it specialized, if I don't have it on hand and I have to make it special, then I'm going to sell it for 15. And I she's, love that. she's like, mom, what do you think? And I said, well, I think it's worth whatever people will pay for it. Mm -hmm. And true. I've talked to her about, you need to evaluate. Will a lot of people buy these for $5 mm -hmm. or will one person buy these for 15? Sure. And you have to decide, do I want to sell a lot for mm -hmm. five or do yeah. I want to sell a little for 15? And right now I'm her mom and she's 10 and I don't know anything. And so <laughs> she's course. like, no, you don't, I'm, I'm selling them for 15. Yeah. And so, but yes. Yeah, so they're stacked all mm -hmm. over our kitchen table right now. I, I told her I'd hand letter people's names if she yeah. wants to, but she is ready to go with that. And she's always doing that. Like she'll come up with some little silly thing mm -hmm. that she wants to make that is like, you know, if I look at it, I'm like, that looks like something a 10 year old made mm -hmm. this little yarn thing. That's kind of neat. But like, but right. she's like, I'm going to go sell this and I'm going to mm -hmm. put people's names on it. And mom, will you help me do this? And, and that's entrepreneurial spirit. And she selling them? She's sell, she's sold her first three. Yeah. For 15? <laughs> you know what? To her sphere of influence, which is her Nana and, uh -huh. and you know, her cousins. Yeah. <laughs> so she's for 15 each. Yeah. So well, two beautiful things out of that one she knows her worth that's it and two she knows her tribe mm -hmm. that's you know? it i mean man work we, your sphere exactly 100 percent, 100 percent. you know so I'm, I'm glad that she goes for the 15 not the five you know yeah. i mean she knows the value of her time she knows the value of her talent and she wants to bring something beautiful to somebody mm -hmm. and to her, that's what it's worth. And I say more power to you. That's I awesome. <laughs> I love that. She needs your voice in her life. And I'm, I mean, I'm try, I'm telling her, like, I feel yeah. like it's a winning moment. That's probably like, if we want to talk about control, mm -hmm. there was probably a time when I would have been like, no, we're not selling these. Mm -hmm. We're not going to try to sell these. You're not going to sell these. And now I, I've grown in that area mm -hmm. where I'm yeah. just like, you know what? 
you'll find out quickly enough sure. whether they're going to sell for that amount. And if mm-hmm. they're not, you adjust. Yeah. This is on you and you figure it out mm-hmm. and you do what you want to yeah. do. So how long has Life of Pi been around? A little over two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. And it, to me, now I've just been watching from the outskirts, but mm-hmm. it seems like y'all have like exploded almost from the get-go. Oh yeah. It has been, you know, it's, it's funny. It's such a, such a God thing. I, I know I always say that, you it's know, good. and I say, that's... oh my gosh, that's so crazy. You know, Cisco Pie Fest had, had come about and, um, I said, you know, let's go, you know, in our pie or two. He loves to bake his grandmother. Um, oh, we lost her this year. It's, it's oh, been really tough, but I'm, I'm so glad it happened before COVID. You know, yeah. before we couldn't explain to her, but she was just, just a Because was she in a nursing home? She was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she was. And, um, but anyway, he had taught, she had taught him, you know, how to, to bake. My family's not bakers. We cook. We're great mm-hmm. at that. Baking. I still, I, I do the Rachel Ray, you know, I do all the pretty whipped creamy pies because they don't have to be perfect. (laughs) Um, so, so he enters and, um, about a year before that we were in fact going to pick up his TG is what he called her. Uh Um, and he said, we should open a food truck called life of pie. That's when food trucks were real hit. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. Never said anything else about it. And uh-huh. then we had thought, you know, a year before that, we should open a soda shop, you know, like the soda jerks and the things. Y'all have lots of ideas, yes. right? At yeah. this point, yeah. and you're not, we're, we're you're putting, not pulling the trigger on them. Yeah, we're putting things out. You know, we're both working full time jobs. We're, you know, doing soda shop. I'm just gonna say, yeah, we need a soda shop. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw I that just, out there. Exactly. You know, and <laughs> and, and there's a lot of pieces that go into that. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, back around, and he won grand champion out of 45. Contestants wow. um, with two different well, one pot the the Baron or Honey Habanero. We do sweet heat pies, uh-huh. uh, some specialty, um, and then he did one which is now called the Georgia Bell, which was his teachy's name. Okay, um, cinnamon roll crust, pecan pie, cinnamon roll frosting. I mean, I'm gaining weight talking about I it. I know, but I'm like, oh. <laughs> and, and so we we went around to some vendor shows in Abilene and we let people sample and try. And oh my gosh, can I buy one? Well. You know, we, we didn't want to cross the line, and we weren't a cottage baker. We didn't have a commercial kitchen, but it felt right. Okay. So, uh, we were, um, had gone to see my mother uh, uh-huh. in Canton. My mom has some antique stores in Florida, um, so she drives to Canton once a year, um, which is just east of Dallas, and the big, vast, you know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I used to live in Tyler, okay, so yeah, the Canton yeah, yeah. trade days, yeah. Um, and uh, we had seen, so the, the first year, we had seen this little truck hanging, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to have one of those. You know, it's so cute. I didn't know what I needed it for. Little blue truck, has some little wings and a little crown on it. Mm-hmm. No idea. Didn't buy it. Next year, we go back. I can't find one anywhere. I'm like mm-hmm. freaking out. You know, it's almost 5 o'clock, you know. And I see a little trailer, and I asked this lady, I said, where did you get that? And she tells me, place in Waco. Call them. I have one in stock. It's turquoise. Our favorite color, our wedding color, <laughs> you know, and we're driving home and I said, God wants us to open the pie shop. Uh-huh. I said, I'm going to write a business plan when we get home. And the next day I wrote a business plan. We called the SBDC here in Abilene. And here we are two and a half wow. years later. And I was actually able to resign my full-time position, uh, December 13th of 19 and go full-time at the pie shop. Wow. And it's, we just keep growing. I mean, even through COVID. Uh-huh. You know, we have, um, we pivoted. We were very entrepreneurial and pivoting. We had That's sidewalk good. sales. So we, important. Yeah. yeah. We did, we did delivery. We did meal deals. You know, we do, we do savory pies too. So that helped us a lot. Um, but yeah, we just, we listen. We have put all of our, 
our morals and our values and our vision on serving pie to the people, treating people. I mean, so many of our customers are family now. I don't, I can't tell you how many tell me, hug me and tell me they love me. We go to dinner with them. We get gifts. For, I mean, it's, it's just an incredible community. And then we're able to give back through West Texas Rehab, through Farm to Table Dinner. Um, we just did a big thing for Dias Air Force Base, you know, being able to donate pies to put a smile on people's faces to mm -hmm. give back to this community that built us. And it's, it's just incredible. It's just full circle. Leslie, I love this so much because you're hitting on all the things that are just <laughs> so important. And, and, you know, I just talked to Molly Yarger, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You remember Josh? Yeah. And I was just visiting with her because she has a sewing shop. Okay. And, um, we were talking about how much she has pivoted during this season sure. and she's had to get outside of her comfort zone by doing online um, video tours of product or whatever that wow. she's got, you know, and, and just the entrepreneurial spirit, you just mentioned it. You said that we were very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. We pivoted. What happens when someone gets stuck because this is a key time. If you can't mm -hmm. pivot, you're in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how is that instilled in you to, you know, I, I think of it almost even as a lifestyle that mm -hmm. I think of us as we're getting older, just in life, how many times you're, you're like, all this newfangled technology, I don't want to mess with this. But, you know, and, and so even if you're not in business, just in life, like, I'm not going to mess with that. But let the young kids deal mm -hmm. with that or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I used to make fun of old people for being like that. And now I find mm -hmm. myself being like that with some things like, yeah. I don't know how to do this. You you know, my kids are going to do that. I don't know right. how to do it. Yeah. And they can figure something out like that. And, mm -hmm. and what is it that causes some people... To be able to pivot in business mm -hmm. and, and, and then other people to get stuck. And what yeah. are the consequences, do you think? I just want to yeah. pick your brain on sure. that. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, pivoting one is letting go of control, which you and I have a, a problem with. There it is. And, and speaking uh -huh. of problems, you may be getting old. I'm not getting old. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. We're not. We have yeah. so much life to live and so many great things ahead of us. Uh -huh. um, but anyway, back to... Uh, you I'm know, taking it. I'm rubbing yeah. it in. Yeah. I needed that. Um, <laughs> So, you know, if, if you let go of that control, if you pivot, you know, one thing you said is the new technology or new way to do things. One, find someone who can do it for you. Oh, and if you good. can't find someone, you know, with, with COVID and us being quarantined and a lot of things online, buy a course, learn how to do it. Listen to a podcast. You and I, as much as we thought we were the cool cats in high school, <laughs> we were kind of nerdy. We but were. That's okay. Nerdtastic. But I know. We yeah. loved education. I still love to learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Corey and I have a conversation about something, I Google it because I want to know. I want to absorb as much as I can. So, you know, that's a great way to, you know, see. And I think, you know, looking at, so in my business, pie shops, I follow other pie shops. Not to right. copy them or duplicate as a realtor, see what other people might be doing. You, you know, know, one of the big things that Gary Keller teaches is that you do not want to reinvent a system. No. You find a system that's already working yeah. and then you make it your own, but yeah, you have to use a system that's already proven yeah. to be effective if you want it. Otherwise you're in me that another piece of me that's 
big is this creativity piece. Mm-hmm. Like I love creating and oh, yeah. strategizing and coming up with something new. Mm-hmm. So that's actually been something that I've had to step back and go, okay, so that system's already out there. I don't need to create my mm-hmm. own thing yep. here because I like creating, but why? If it's something, if there's something out there that's already really working well. Mm-hmm. So I love that, that you follow other pie shops if you see something that's Mm -hmm. happening that's working then I mean this podcast perfect Mm -hmm. example I I mean I love true crime podcasts like it's a (laughs) guilty pleasure of mine and I realize that I'm listening to all these true crime podcasts but I'm not learning a daggum thing Mm -hmm. about how to do a podcast that's going to be in the genre that I'm wanting to produce. Right. And so I had to shift and start mm-hmm. listening so that I could pay. And so I pay attention. How do people interview? How do people exactly. ask different questions? And so I listen to interview heavy mm-hmm. podcasts and I sure. take mental notes about how you engage people mm-hmm. to get. So I'm not copying them. I'm learning from them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and I listened to a podcast one time and, and I can't remember the lady's name, but you know, she was really good at um, remodeling homes, like especially painting kitchen cabinets. Uh-huh. And someone said, well, you know, it was in the 2008 recession. So why don't you put videos out and charge people $5? Back to the $5 thing. Uh-huh. Um, she said, well, there's so many free videos out there. But it was her. Uh-huh. She made so much money. I mean, she had like 300 sales the first Because people trusted her. Mm-hmm. They enjoyed her. They could hear her voice and her care. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the issue. When people don't pivot, you, you're, one, you're letting down your customer. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's not good. You know, two, you may not be pivoting because you don't need to be in that business or, or on that road anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I was telling another small business owner, you know, through all this COVID, through all this craziness, we've been a success. They've been a success because we care. We not to say other businesses don't, but we have been there for those people coming in and crying because they can't go see their mom at the you know nursing home. Yeah, we've been there with a big smile and acting like nothing's going on. But here's some pie. Have a yeah. little bit of sweetness in your day, you know. So I think that that when you are able to to pivot and and draw in new people that see your aura of happiness and good mm-hmm. and that it it, it brings. It brings people in, but you know, if you're not willing to change or you're not willing to pivot and you're just stuck in your same rut, your business is never going to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they will find someone else who they connect with or they feel the compassion for, or they feel like they actually want to do business with. You know, yeah. you see it all the time. You know, well, the same thing can be said of growth as a just in your humanity. I mm-hmm. mean, you mentioned earlier, you said there was a time where you were kind of all about you mm-hmm. and that there was a shift that happened sometime. Yeah. So is there a time that you can pinpoint where you were like, you know what, this just isn't working for me anymore and something has to change. Yeah. Can you pinpoint anything? You know, I think it's been a daily process, you know, and there's still times that I am very all about me. You know, Wednesday is my day off from the pie shop and my mother-in-law lives with us, which is a great blessing. I'm glad that we can provide for her and she takes care of my dogs while we're gone 4,000 hours a week. Um, but when I'm home, I don't want to talk. I don't, I don't want to answer your questions. I don't want to chit chat about what you saw on Facebook. Yeah. So I'm still a little selfish on that. Uh So I've really, I'm working on that right now of saying, you know what? 
give her 10 minutes. Be present. Talk to her. Put your phone down. Don't listen to the dog barking outside. Just be with her. Um, it's a daily process. I, I don't know when when the switch went. I think it, when I kind of got all the garbage uh -huh. out, which I still have garbage. You know, I, I love bread. I eat so much bread, which is so bad for me. <laughs> That's kind of my guilty pleasure. I look yeah. at Pinterest and I funny every night. You know, I'm sure that disrupts my sleep patterns and, you know, <laughs> but... But those are those are my guilty pleasures, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think it's every day just being aware mm -hmm. and wanting to to give someone else. What can I give to you? How can I serve you? Because I'm going to get so much more back than if I just serve myself. Mm -hmm. So that's good. What practices are you absolutely committed to, and why? In business, in life. In life. In, okay. Okay, let's do life and business. Okay. Whatever comes to mind. <laughs> well, one that I am working on so hard is consistency. Okay. Um, and that, uh, you know, sometimes you just get bogged down. You're like, oh, I just don't want to do that. Making myself do some things, walking every morning. That's mm -hmm. been one of those things I've been working on. You know, Fitbit back on, you know, things like that. Uh -huh. um, being present, you know, uh -huh. really making sure... That when that customer comes in, that I spend those extra minutes with them. Mm -hmm. I know I have 20 other pies to make, but I want to be there right then. They mm -hmm. need me. How do you off. shift when you're when you're really busy and you know you have a lot going on in the back and your customer comes in? How do you make that shift to being present? Is there any trick to that? or I know that my customers are why I'm in business. So if I'm not present, I don't have 20 pies to make. You know, they're not going to come back. That's good. That's you a really know. good. So it's all about your just perspective and being just, yeah. continuously aware. Just aware, and you know, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, here I go. I can do this. I could, you know. Uh -huh. um, and then you know, just really showing up, mm -hmm. not only for other people. I can do that. That's mm -hmm. easy. You want me, you know, you want me to do thirty things, but showing up for myself, mm -hmm. reading my Bible, reading my, you know, doing my daily Bible. Uh, one thing that we do at the shop is every day I put up a new Bible verse. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that, that I want to do every day because I want God to be the center of our business, mm -hmm. of our life, of our marriage. I mean, every, you know, center, 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 you're talking about the bullseye moving out. Um, I circle in our pie shop every day. I don't you know do. You, Mark I love Batterson, that. Have yeah, you, have I know read, what you're talking about. Yeah, circle maker. Every morning for almost a year now, I circle. I pray. I thank him. I pray for those, you know, Gratitude. I, you know, yeah. I, I prayed for our conversation today and, and our reconnection of our, you know, of our friendship but that never really went away. But yeah, you know, where, just, where are we right now? You know, mm -hmm. I pray for our leaders. I pray for, you know, family members, even if I can't specifically say their name, um, pray over our customers, you know, and that, that is something that, I mean, I don't even turn the light on, put my purse down and I just talk to him I every love it. single day. Leslie, so. that's powerful. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's made a big difference in me not having to be so aware because he's already in my heart that morning. Mm -hmm. And throughout the day I'm thinking I need to be there for each of these people, mm -hmm. you know? And, and another thing, you know, with my moving to Florida and then moving around and doing all these things, loving people the way that they need to be loved. And that goes from my husband to my parents to my customers to a stranger on the street. 
wearing these masks and not being able to smile is killing me. Yeah. Because I don't care. I will smile at anyone, anytime. It's hard to smile at people and realize they don't know that I'm yeah. smiling. Because it feels like they're not smiling back at you. Yes. And then you're like, oh, wait, they don't even know that I'm and smiling. And I'm getting right crow's feet from the smile. I know because you're trying <laughs> so, like, look, can you see? I'm smiling. I feel like I want to make a yeah. mask. That has arrows that point up that says, I'm smiling with my eyes. Yes. Look at my eyes. Like, yes. yeah. Because yeah. so. I smile all the time at people and then I'm like, oh, oh, they can't tell. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not just not responding to my smile. Exactly. They're just, yeah. And sometimes people don't mm-hmm. respond. Sometimes people look at you like, you're a crazy person. I remember when we first moved to Texas and everyone was doing the one finger wave. Uh-huh. My dad's like, what is this? <laughs> I lived in Ohio for 25 years. What the heck? What are these people? Why are they so friendly? You know? And... You never know. That person may just need that smile that day. Even you if know. they don't respond to it, it's that's exactly. not on you. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. you know, just, just loving people the way they need to be loved. It, and I really have to, I have to focus hard because it's easy. I mean, just like with dieting, it's easy to be like, oh, I'm going to eat this eggs in the morning and a salad at mm-hmm. lunch. And now I'm going to eat taco bueno. Uh-huh. But I know that that's not good for me. Right. So I sit down with the, well, I still have bread, whatever. Um, you know, the, the chicken or the lean steak and the vegetables. Um, you know, and certain people in my life just need to be loved certain ways. Different customers need to be, and I, I air quote love, but they need to be taken care of the yeah. way they need to. Everybody is different. And, and I have to make a real, uh, real not an effort, because that would mean that I'm doing it and not wanting to, but I have to be very aware of, Taking that person in in that moment, again, it all goes back to being present. Mm-hmm. So. That's so good. What's your big why? Do you have a big why that drives you? Hmm. My why is my family, obviously. Mm-hmm. Why I do what I do is for my family. Why didn't I do it sooner? I always question that, you know, at mm-hmm. 42 and kind of, you know, starting over and, you know, leaving a secure job and leaving a 401k and leaving all that. Yeah. You know, but what does, what's bigger out there? How am I going to serve? You know, I was serving as a mentor and an advisor, but how am I going to be able to serve this way? You know, how am I going to be able to, my, why now does God put me in this place, you know, um, but everything I do is, is for my family, you know, which we don't have children. We have four children, You do. but, Uh (laughs) you know, but, but our nieces and our nephews, you know, I, I I want to be an example for them. You know, I want to be an example for the little kids that come in the pie shop. That would probably be my, my why. Okay. I think we were going that way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What learning curve are you in right now? I'm trying to learn to focus on one project at a time. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I have in my dad, if he listens to this, notebooks. I've always been, I have 400 notebooks. Somebody just made, but one of my real estate colleagues the other day laughed at me when I walked in and I pulled out a notebook and he goes, oh my gosh, you're like Monica on friends. (laughs) You're like Monica. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's me. Like you're learning. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to do all the things, Uh huh. but there's only so many hours in the day. So I have to say, okay, you know, we're, we're getting ready to put out a cookbook and I need to focus on that. I have it all planned out. I know exactly what I want it to look like. It's kind of going a different way, but, but then I also want to start this subscription box or this gift box service that has chicken pot pie and pie in it so people can send it for birthdays and anniversaries and new houses. Okay. I don't, I don't know how to ship it yet. 
Okay, but now I want to do a blog so that I can do this and this and that. But I, I, I don't know how to start that yet. So I buy this course and I research uh -huh. this. And, but then I need to be at the pie shop and I got to be there at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But then I got to hurry up because I got to go walk, you know. And then I got to do this. And, so I have. I'm trying to rein myself into this is where you are right now. This Time is what, blocking. Yeah. This is what is important right this minute. You know, having these 40 pies made before 11 o'clock has to be done. Mm -hmm. Then we can spend five minutes over here dawdling. They're still on that dream board and they're still going to be, but putting my focus on what's most important and feeling I belong there. So I interviewed just a couple of days ago, Christine Curtis Carr, mm -hmm. and you know, she was my boss at Abilene Education yeah. Foundation for a little while. And so I haven't posted that up yet mm -hmm. by the time your interview goes up hers will already be up nice. listen to that I can't wait yeah she will give you so much wisdom on how to to get the things how to get Perfect. your your time scheduled blocking all of that and how she does it and she genuinely does it I watch her walk out what she's talking yeah. about and um it's one of the reasons I wanted to have her on is because I see yeah. her just beautifully juggle these different compartments of mm -hmm. her life and what you're talking about is really an expansion of what you have right now and that's how mm -hmm. you grow and so like how do we put everything in place how do we get everything lined out and smooth here so that we can go to the next level right and you're a visionary and I already have visions I'm just gonna say it and I we can delete this from the recording or whatever but <laughs> I picture you as being one of those businesses that people from all over the country are ordering from you mm -hmm. and that that becomes this thing like I can picture it already I yeah. just I see that in your future and um, and when you start talking about all these ways well that's yeah. just it you mm -hmm. visualize those areas of growth mm -hmm. and it's right where you belong it's so yeah. neat and yeah. how many times though do we stunt our own progress because we don't know how to do it or mm -hmm. we don't pivot and yeah. is it a self-sabotage I'm not saying that this is for you sure when we were talking about pivoting a minute ago it popped into my mind that like how many of us refuse to pivot because it's almost a self-sabotage because we we don't feel like we deserve Mm -hmm. the success that'll come from that or that we have what it takes sure when yeah. we could stop for a minute mm -hmm. we could I'm already talking myself out of uh you know I have an interview coming up with someone who's a, has had a very successful podcast mm -hmm. is a published author he's wow. basically embo he embodies all the things that I've always kind of wanted to do and mm -hmm. just never really followed through with yeah I've got all my like half written books on my computer and sure. I run into people and they're like so have you written a book yet and I'm like no I always have some excuse for why I haven't yeah. and and I just today I was like I'm already counting myself out mm -hmm. of being important enough to sit down with this person and really yeah. like he's such a giver I can already tell mm -hmm. just from the conversation I've had he's such a generous person That's with awesome. the things he's offering to help me with with mm -hmm. simple things he's like hey I could teach you how to do that is this mm -hmm. an issue like I could teach you how to do this thing yeah. with your podcast and I'm like thank you That's so generous and then then the voice in my back of my head is like Oh, he's way too good for me. He's mm -hmm. way outside of my league. Oh, yeah. You know? And so oh, yeah. I wonder how many times, and I i mean, it's a true thing for me that I have self-sabotaged my entire life sure. until now. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not self-sabotaging anymore. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like how cool that we're both like, right. I'm a, maybe a couple of years behind you on it, but we're, it's the same yeah. kind of thing, you know? And so what's been the game changer in your life? My husband. 100%. When did y'all get married? I was her friend. <laughs> we that. actually, we got married um, April 2nd of 2016, which was two years from our first date. Okay. Um, and we'd known each other for years and we just, we talk about it all the time. The people we were when I was 19 and he was 24, we would have had a great time together and then gone our separate ways. Yeah. Um, but he was such a blessing to me. He came into my life at the right time. He's my, you know, yin yang. Yeah. You know, I'm high strung and the perfectionist and he's laid back, you know. And we were able to kind of mesh, you know. And, and it's okay to for him to not wear boots and jeans and wear flip-flops and shorts. Which the first time we went to Florida to see my mother... He wore jeans and boots on the beach. Uh-huh. And now I can't remember the last time he wore boots. Oh, you how know? funny. And then yeah. for me, like I was, you know, saying, you know, oh my gosh, all the dishes have to be done and this has to be done. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to put a dish towel over and we're going to go to bed because I'm tired. I think he brought me back to who I was when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Before I got introduced to this big bad world and had no idea. He's like my North Star. And we just, we balance each other. We're an amazing team. I think we've raised our voice at each other a couple of times. And that's me raising my voice at him. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you know, we just, we communicate. We have always put God in the middle of of our relationship. We focused on that. And people are like, well, it has to be 50-50. Well, it's not. It's 100-100. We're both always giving 100%. Because there's times when he only can give 50 so I got to give that 150, yeah. you know, and, and we've always just really respected each other on that. I had an amazing life before him. I've learned so many things. I've been so many places. I've met cool people and done cool things, but I got that all out of my system. And now I get to enjoy, you know, the, the yeah. quality of life over all that quantity of stuff. Yeah. Know? So yeah, he's, he's definitely been, been my changer. So that's awesome. Yeah. Can I back up for a minute? Because you were married previously. I was, yes. How did going through divorce affect you and your outlook? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I just want to ask, because me, I've been divorced. Mm-hmm. For me, it was something that was really hard to deal with as a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Because sure. it's like, you know, I grew up and I was like, okay, this is it. This is permanent. You know, this mm-hmm. is till death do us part, for better, mm-hmm. for worse. How am I failing? And and, and in my case, I don't know about yours, but in my case, it was I made a decision to walk away from, Mm -hmm. and it it was a very well-grounded decision. Yeah. And I can say that very confidently. But I still had to grapple with that thought of like, but I said I was in this Mm -hmm. for, and this is the way it's supposed to be. Sure. And yeah. so did you struggle with any of that? Or you were just like, nope, this is like, yeah, you're not. It was, it was always, you know, kind of the good times were great and the bad times, which were there more of, were really bad. Mm-hmm. You had two very selfish people mm-hmm. who were very headstrong, who thought that they deserved more than the other. Both had addictions and just, we weren't grown up. But mm-hmm. we were 24 years old, and that's what you do. You know, you get married. And it was time. There are things that I am that I wish hadn't have happened. Mm-hmm. There are 
so many things that I have done or did in the past that I've forgiven myself and I would hope that he has forgiven me because I've forgiven him. We learned some great things from each other, but we just got married because honestly, his sister do. bought him a Razor cell phone and he said, if you buy me a cell phone, we can get married. I said, well, you got one now, so let's go to Vegas. <laughs> I got you. Isn't that funny? A Razor, a Razor yeah, I mean, cell how, phone. It was that ago. flippant though, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. It was just kind of a so, flippant decision of like, this is what we do now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But he just, amp we amplified the worst parts of each other. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I always thought, well, I, I can change. You know, you always feel like I can change that person. But in turn, I wasn't going to change. I wasn't going to budge because I was right and the way I did things was right. And now, you know, moving into my marriage and having to one, not make comparisons that was hard in the beginning not in sure. the marriage but in the relationship you know sure. well if you do this this is what you mean well i just you know i, I don't mean that you know yeah. so so dividing those two experiences from each other not letting one experience the the narrative that you have in your brain from one experience dictate what's happening in this yes. one over here yes or influence my reaction that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you know i learned to to change a little you mm -hmm. know, I mean, and it was tough at first because this is the way we do things. But you know what? His way is okay too. I had to to just really adapt to that. But I um I'm glad that I went through. I'm glad that I can reflect back to the things that I did to not make those mistakes again or to not be that person again. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, like you said, we, we go through seasons, we go through changes and, and I was not a good person back then. Uh -huh. And the person I am now, constantly learning, constantly growing, but I, I am definitely a better reflection of who I was made to be. Yeah. Now. So that's so good. Yeah. I love it. Um, how are you a game changer? I think uh, just being positive, trying mm -hmm. to to just put off a a light of happiness and enthusiasm, which is so funny because it goes back to second grade. Um, I, I got the uh, the enthusiasm award for Miss Woodall. It's funny because I just thought <laughs> when you said enthusiasm, I was like, man, you have always been enthusiastic, yeah. always. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's so funny because um, I don't ever really use that word about myself, but that word always echoes back to mm -hmm. me. And I will have people message me like on social media or on our, our even our business page and say, you know, thank you, thank you for being, you know in a way, enthusiastic, if that particular word, you know, whether it, it changed their day, put a smile on their face, whatever it was. And I think just trying to add a little bit of light to such a dark world, you know, yeah. I mean, God has given us this beautiful world. It's a little scary right now, lots of crazy things, but if negativity breeds negativity, well, so yeah. does positivity. I try to, to always bring that positivity because who knows who needs it at that moment. Yeah. It may touch one person, it may touch a million, but I want to, to to bring that so people can see that it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be yeah. enthusiastic. It's okay to make crazy, you know, I fell down in front of, you know, my workers the other day and I got up <laughs> laughing. You I know? can see it. And, That's good. and it's okay. You know, I made a mistake, but I made a big joke about it and it was fun. So just, just to always kind of make sure that, that we're moving in the right direction, that we are growing and, and I want to be an example. You know, maybe not a game changer, but an example to people uh -huh. that it's okay to to be you. And it's okay to be happy. Yeah. So.
That's good. I listened to the the latest episode with Ed Milet, and he talks about the dopamine and how it works mm-hmm. in our brains when we celebrate the wins as much mm-hmm. as we celebrate the final victory. Yeah, like the wins along the way in mm-hmm. the journey that we have. That's how you learn to literally find happiness because. Yeah of a neurological response in our brain, Mm -hmm. you find that happiness by giving yourself little dopamine hits along the way of, of acknowledging your wins in Mm -hmm. the journey, not just waiting till you get to the finish line Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, now I can celebrate. No, this is how we keep going. And it it spurs us on to keep going. Because when you hit that milestone, you remember listening to one of his about his college baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, he loved it. They did great. And it was go, go, go. And championship and this. And then his last game, walking off the field. And he just was miserable. Yeah. And it was like all that greatness didn't mean anything anymore. That's you it. You know, and I always want to push those goals. I always want to push that that desire, you know, we've been talking about about growing, about serving, about doing. To where I never, I don't ever want to reach my goal. Mm-hmm. I always want it to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. You know, and so I do a little bit more along the way. That's good, so. Leslie. That's right. That's what, yep. That's good. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who says, I'm stuck, I'm afraid to move forward because I'm afraid it won't be good enough? Ask for help. Just ask someone. Or even if you're so in your shell and, and you're afraid, listen to a podcast. Yeah. Read a blog. If you're stuck and you feel like, you know, for you, you, you haven't sold a home in a month or right. whatever. See what someone else is doing. Get mm-hmm. a spark from somebody else. You know, don't, don't stop. There's always a way to pivot. Even if it's not a full 180, pivot a couple of degrees and yeah. see what it does for you. That's good. So. If the world was your audience for five minutes and it was a guarantee that they would hang on your every word, what piece of advice would you give? Definitely be present. Be present in every moment. That's so... In such a fast-paced, loud world that we live in, you just never know. It may tear up a little bit, but I, you I know, love that. Yeah. From um, from Corey's grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, the last time that we saw her, she wasn't herself. You know, she she was in early stages of of or maybe more than early of a dementia, and Alzheimer's, and um, Linda. We still don't know who Linda was, but that was me for a while, and it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Hadn't been around that. I didn't know what to do. My husband's uncomfortable. And I wish I would have spent more time. I wish I would have been more present instead of, you know, trying to comfort myself. I needed to be there for her. And then the the summer before, uh, I had gone to an academic meeting in Salt Lake City. And um, my team was there. We worked remotely. But once a year, we got to see each other. And I had a friend, a teammate named Patricia, who was just... Oh my goodness, she just radiated light. Um, mm-hmm. She was probably about 10 years older than me, just amazing. This lady, you know, we would all Uber, and here she is walking, and she uh-huh. beat us, to, you know, beat us in uh-huh. Uber. Um, she loved everyone. She loved everything. She, I mean, just amazing person. Uh-huh. And, you know, I remember the last day being so in a hurry, you know, we're getting ready, and I need to catch this plane, and I didn't say goodbye to her. Mm-hmm. And about two months later, um, she had a brain aneurysm, mm. um, went into a coma, and she passed away. Wow. <laughs> and I never got to say, I never got that last moment with her because I was yeah. so busy being caught up in, I've been here for five days, I'm ready to go home, you know, I just want to get on the plane, you know. Yeah. Instead of spinning, knowing I had time and being present with her, 
I miss that moment. It's all we have. It is. It we is. Have, they, they go so fast. So many times we let the past or memories or mm-hmm. our imaginings of the future rob us from what's right in front of us right mm-hmm. now. And it's really the only thing that's real yeah. and tangible is what's right in front of mm-hmm. us. And I feel like our brains steady work to distract us from being right yeah. here. And so oh, yeah. it takes a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. I've had to learn, I'm on a journey right now, just a mindfulness journey, bringing it back to the here and now mm-hmm. and you know, instead of habitual responses, mm-hmm. if my kids are bickering, being mindful and and instead of worrying about where they're going to be down the road with this kind of behavior and bickering now, yeah. just being in the thick of it with them and mm-hmm. either making jokes or, <laughs> or helping them to see how ridiculous they're being or... Sure. Um, validating them, mm-hmm. but being in the here and now with them instead of in the future. If ninety percent of the time when I overreact to whatever they're doing, it's because I'm worried about something over here mm-hmm. in the future, or how's somebody going to think about this? What's somebody <laughs> going to think about it? What anything? Yeah. But it's not. It's all those things that are keeping me from just being real and here and now Mm -hmm. and knowing that real and here and now is what it is and And it's it's okay. okay. (laughs) Yes. That's it. So that's good. Oh yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to talk about that you feel like we didn't cover? How do we find you at life of pie? Sure. Yeah. No, I think this has been great. I think we went all over the place. <laughs> it was good. I feel like it was good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and it, it's funny. It's all those little things that kind of build you and make you who you are now. And, you know, um, yeah, I just, I mean, I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's it's so funny because we're so much alike, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, I can kind of hear inside your voice. Yeah. You know, your head and, and we did so much together that, that we, it's like we never left. You yeah. Know? Even it's always been that us. way with us. Yeah. Even if yeah. we like, we would go months without talking Mm -hmm. and then we would catch each other on the phone and it was like, Mm -hmm. we'd talk like it was just yesterday. It's always been that way with us. And that is the good thing with social media because we can watch what's going Uh on. You know, we can kind of connect that way even though it's not, Yeah, but... But But it also gives us sometimes a false sense of connection. True. And so then we don't... I, I, I find that I connect with people more intentionally mm-hmm. when I'm off of social media because yeah. I'm not getting that constant yeah. hit that tells me I'm connected. Mm-hmm. And so then I intentionally go out and seek people and do yeah. connect and call and, yeah. you know, meet up for coffee, mm-hmm. you know. And so yeah. I have one more question that's totally sure. like it may not yeah. make it into this or not. But are you introverted or extroverted? Oh, my gosh. So I am an introverted extrovert I got you so I can talk to anybody mm-hmm. about anything I can go to a biker rally and I can go to the White House mm-hmm. I just I was brought up that way mm-hmm. but would I rather be at home in my pajamas with my puppy dog beside me yeah. eating dinner on the couch and zoned out yes I totally would be but I I know that my purpose is to connect with people and I enjoy, I love connecting with people. I yeah. love our, you know, our pie shop people, the, the small business. It, I have to push myself really hard yeah. when I worked for WGU and had to pick up the phone and actually make a phone call. 
hated it. Yeah. But I loved it. Once that initial, hey, how are you? Yeah. I was fine again. You know, but I would rather just email you. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. so, because I'm so afraid. What if I say the wrong thing? What Judgment. If, rejection. Yeah, exactly. So, like all the things yeah. we tell ourselves. It's amazing what goes through our brains mm-hmm. that it, it's just such baloney. And I'm sure you've said this so many times to yourself, whether it's showing a house or working with a student when you're at Abilene High or, or doing, you know, any of the things is like, wow, that went so much better than yeah. I played out in my head yeah. before. Yeah. You know, I, I do that all the time. You know, a customer will walk in, maybe I won't know him or we'll be at an event and I see someone and I'm like, okay, prepare myself for this. Uh-huh. And then it's amazing, uh-huh. you know? And it, I mean, it's just... We watched so. a movie the other night. I made the kids watch it. Maybe it's people might judge me for this because it's <laughs> probably not age appropriate, but we watched Death Becomes Her. Do you remember that I remember movie? That it's movie. got like Goldie Hawn yeah. and... Um, Meryl Streep? Yes, yeah. and so it's really funny because those two have this kind of long-standing rivalry, love-hate, yeah. friendship, or whatever. And it shows this um, picture of Meryl Streep in her dressing room waiting for Goldie Hawn to come visit her for the first time in a really long time. And so she's sitting there, like, doing these, like, like really dramatic gestures of, like, hey! <laughs> and then she, like, readjusts, and then she's like, hey, it's nice to see you. And she's, like, playing out before she ever walks in. And it was, yeah. I just thought of that. I was like... How many times do we do that in our heads? Mm-hmm. Like she was just displaying what we all do. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. We we probably don't all do it, but yeah. I do it. I do it. And Guilty. I think you and I are <laughs> wired similarly. I don't think everybody's wired like us, but yeah. it, yeah. Uh, you know, thank but goodness. to some extent we are, a lot of us are wired very similarly. So what'd you say? Okay. I said, thank goodness they're not all like us. <laughs> I think we all balance each other. It's oh, so yeah. good. For so, sure. For sure. Well, so nothing else that you can think of. This was good. Yeah, this was great. This was awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, and then we are at Life of Pi Abilene on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Um, you can visit us. We have a, a storefront here in Abilene. Mm-hmm. It's at 3386 Rebecca Lane. 3386? Uh-huh. Rebecca Lane. Awesome. So it's the old shopping center like Betty Rose's and Hefts mm-hmm. used to be in. So yeah. they've moved on to bigger and better things, but we're there with restaurants that nobody else sells dessert so bingo bingo oh nice and there's h&h liquor down the way so you know a little bottle of wine a little pie you got your day what are your hours <laughs> uh we're there tuesday wednesday thursday 11 to 6 and then friday and saturday we still stay open till eight o'clock okay so yeah lots of date nights i love when we have the daughter daddy date nights. one oh, time yeah. we were in there and um there was an older couple in there sharing uh-huh. a piece of pie there were college kids up front back when, you know, they went to, to college, like in yeah, class, on, studying. on site, yeah. And there was a um, gentleman, an Air Force man with his little daughter having a date, and I just burst into tears. I was like... You're like, this is what this it's is about. It. Yes, yes. Generations. So, yes, I just, so I, I just loved it. It feels like, you know, nobody ever comes to our house because, one, we're never there, and two, you know, like I said, functional, not forever. Uh-huh. But that's our home. You yeah. Know, come in. We accept... We accept anyone. We love on anyone. Let's put pie in your life and let's just, you know, let's celebrate the little things, even if it is just a slice of pie and a cup of coffee. So, yeah, <laughs> Leslie, that's why you are so successful as your heart, you know, your heart to serve, your heart 
for the community, your heart yeah. for others, the fact that you get a lump in your throat or you burst out in tears <laughs> because there's a certain demographic in your in your pie shop and you go yeah. like, this is life. Yes. This yes. is the life of pie. Yes, 100%. <laughs> we love it. I love it. This is good. This was a good visit. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. I loved yes. it. Yes. I, I can't wait. It. Thank you for bringing me some pie today too. Yeah. Go get you some pie, friends. You will not regret it except... Maybe your waistline, but they do keto and sugar-free. We do vegan. We do dairy-free. And the cool thing about getting a slice, so we have these magic pie cutters. Mm -hmm. So when we put them in the pie and we cut them, all the calories float out. Oh, good. Yes, yes. I, I've been waiting for one of those. I See? am winking as I say it. I know. Yeah. I knew. I knew that there had to be a secret. <laughs> Awesome. Sorry, not sorry. That went way longer than an hour because I just couldn't bring myself to cut it down to an hour. It just felt like there was too much in there that I didn't want to cut out. And I hope that that conversation was as much of a gift to you as it was to me. If you liked what you heard, you felt inspired, you felt encouraged, you felt spurred on, please share it with your friends. Drop me a rating and a review wherever you're listening to your podcast and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Pursuing Perfectcellence Podcast, or you can find me on Twitter at P-E-R-F underscore excellent, or you can reach out by email at perfectcellent at gmail.com. I look forward to meeting with you again next week as we continue on this journey away from the paralyzing pursuit of perfection and toward the empowering expectation for personal excellence. Take care, friends.